to Expounded Universe, Season 9, Episode 5, Big Money Blastas. The book, Crucible, by Troy Denning. The year, 2013. With your hosts, Jeff and John, I guess. Let's go. And welcome back. It's Expounded Universe. I'm Jeff, that's John, and it's time for Star Wars. Oh boy. You know Star Wars, the cash cow that keeps on giving to everybody what got a podcast? You know. Yeah, it's Star the best. Star Wars. Oh man, I can milk that cash cow of Star Wars all day long. Yeah, get that good green milk out of it. I'm stealing money from Disney. This is not a parody. I would like to be sued. <laughs> Someone please, please help me. <laughs> Help me budget. I'm spending seven hundred on rent, three thousand on ripping off Star Wars, and fifteen dollars on food. Please help me. My family is starving. <laughs> Use the force. No. <laughs> so uh, this time we're ch- covering chapters nine and ten of the Crucible, which, just as an upgoing outgoing reminder, is the last expanded universe novel before the Legends title came on board. Uh, it features a very elderly Luke and Leia and Lando and Han. So and, elderly. Uh, well, I mean, Chewbacca's dead in this at the beginning. We're, we've got... We've, yeah, our numbers this takes are, place like 15 years after that. Yeah, after that. that the Yuuzhan Vong War, to me, felt like the, the, the far, far future of Star Wars. And here we are like 15 years later. And I, I got to tell you, every chapter in this so far has been about Han explaining how old dudes have cool powers. <laughs> so, uh, unless Han's not in the chapter. And then it's just Luke being like, God damn it, over and over again, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Jedi who sucks. Uh, <laughs> I got forced depression. <laughs> Plus, I got forced depression. Uh, so in this chapter, we finally get to see what Han's big plan is, uh, sort of. I'm still not sure what this... This plan seems unnecessarily complicated. It involves a number of layers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the plan was... We're going to try and put a tracking device on a ship. And, like, that was the whole plan. But then their plan for how to get that to happen, I have a no idea what they thought was going to go down. <laughs> so, of course, because it's Lando and Han, their plan involves Sabacc, because we need some of that. And that's pretty much where we start the couple of chapters off. Han and Lando at a sabacc table at an exceptionally fancy Canto Bite-style casino. Yeah. Now, uh, we had learned, of course, in the last chapters that uh, Dina Yuss's now-dead boyfriend used to go gamble all the time, and she is trying to finger him for the crime, mm-hmm. uh, for the horrible accident that happened, so... That's why they're headed to this casino, because they want to meet the contact, but they're not at the right casino. Yeah, they're under orders, or she's operating under orders from Savara Rain, who herself is operating as a go-between for Marvid and Theseus... Cratheus. Cratheus Kref, a couple of Colomy brothers who are just awful. Just they're the just, worst. They're just not fun to spend time with. Uh, <sighs> the problem I have is every time we meet these two and have something to do with them... 
all of the stuff that has been built up before, they're like, oh, the Kalumi are brilliant and they're tactical geniuses as well as being able to think 27 steps ahead in business. And then we meet them and they're like, my emotions. <laughs> no, no, I like, the, I mean, uh, we're jumping ahead a lot here to talk about them first because they don't even show up till the second chapter we read today. But but every time that, that Savara's like, you should give me some money for the bounty too. And they're like, why? I've already watched 15 seconds of a 10 minute video. I see no possible way you're involved in this. Yeah. And she's like, just keep watching the video. Okay, I'll watch another 30 seconds of it. But this better be going somewhere. Yeah, no. The, every time we meet the crafts, I'm like, these guys are idiots. They're just what are you big, talking about? They're big, big dumb mor- morons who have a lot of money. Uh, so anyway, we, we begin at the, uh, what's it called, the Blue Star is the casino that we're at this time. I, uh, yeah, the Blue Star Casino, which is very Lando-style casino in that it's got floors made out of Larmel stone. Yeah, it's this is the super high rolly. Uh, you have to be informal where, mm-hmm. you know, most of the clientele here are going to be fairly rich. Yeah, everyone here is a space spy playing Star Baccarat. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And apparently, uh, Dina Yus's man, I can't even remember his name, like Thrackled? Uh, thr- thr- Tharshid or Tharshid? 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 It doesn't matter. He's Brambo. dead. We could, just call him, we could just call him Dead Boyfriend. Yeah. So Dead Boyfriend usually goes to a different casino that's super, like, skeezy. Yeah, he goes to Old Strip. Uh, oh, yeah, he goes to, like, the uh, Binion's Horseshoe or whatever, and these guys are at Caesar's Palace. Exactly, yeah. We're, we're in one of the Valnus casino complexes, because there's some rich dude named Valnus, and he orders owns just dozens and dozens of casinos, from your basic, like, Old Strip gold nugget to, you know, like a New York, New York, and this is the latter. Yeah. Except that it's even more high ranky dink than that. It's more like a, what's the Steve Wynn one? Just the W or something? The Wynn. The Wynn? Okay. I mean, that or you just say it's like a Monte Carlo at one. I don't know, man. We're not even in Vegas anymore now. I'm I'm very Vegas light. I've been there thrice. Thrice? Thrice have I been. Has been the going? (laughs) And uh, I I always go to the cheap casinos because I am a poor man. Well, yeah. I mean, God knows if I have the option of like, oh, did you want to go like, gamble at uh like the imperial palace or something on the strip or did you want to go to the four queens i'm like four queens please hook me up with that binions i like it to smell like smoke i want to go into a room that looks like they haven't paid their lighting bill mm-hmm. and things are fairly dim everything's got a little layer of smoke up top mm-hmm. and it's if i just... don't see at least two gold nugget pinky rings while i'm there then i'm not in vegas right yeah that's that's why I got to go to Binion's and have someone who's like, yeah, I want to play blackjack for 15 hours and put a stack of pancakes on the table. <laughs> yeah, I want to go somewhere, play $5 blackjack, mm-hmm. and have someone come around and be like, hey, did you want a drink? And I'd be like, yes, I would. Please give me a gin and tonic. I know that it will just be tonic. <laughs> I want to play $3 minimum pie gal with a dealer who is never not on her phone. <laughs> that's that's how I know I'm in good Vegas. <laughs> Uh, but here we are up in the high rent section of Vegas and, uh, oh, Space Vegas. Spagus. Yeah. And. Come to Wolfgang Puck's Spago at Spagus. The, uh, the book is now doing the one thing uh. that it can do whenever someone goes to gamble, which is just, ah, you can tell that I'm a legendary Sabak player because I always win because I get the best cards. Uh, yep. 
it's not even like I'm so good at bluffing. Every time we've seen someone play Sabak in this, it's always like, haha, and I got the best hand you can get. That's me, the greatest player ever who gets lucky. Uh, yeah, and it's going to happen again here. It's been a while since we've seen Han and Lando play Sabak together outside of the film. Uh, you know, uh, Star, Star Wars story, Solo, the the new adventures of Han Solo, yeah, featuring Lando, the new adventures of young Han Solo, yeah, that uh, where where in that one it's revealed that Lando is just a notorious cheat. Yes, uh, in this we've gone right back to him being a fair card player who just always gets dealt winning hands forever. So, we but have- I I at least like in this. There's a point where it's still fairly early in the betting. And he just locks in all three of the cards he has and is like, great, I'm good, and I'm going to throw a bunch of money in there. And at least then, Han's like, okay, that's one of two things. He's saying either I have, like, the fool's... Idiot's array. The idiot's array, the best Sabak hand you can get that auto wins. A zero, a two, and a three, because it looks like 23, which is what Sabak's win number is. Yeah, he's like, either he's got that or he's bluffing. There's no other way around it. He's Mm -hmm. like, well, fuck it. We're all betting with my money right now anyway, so there's no reason for me not to bluff. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, that's cool, because at least then you're sort of calling bluffs and knowing what type of things Lando does. I mean, I guess. I'm, to well, me, the problem is, at the end, he also no, has a sabak. I know, I know. Let me, let me get, Here's my thing. Han, Han does this big read of Lando, who's like, oh, he's locked in his chips, but he only has three cards. That either means he has the idiot's array, or he's bluffing. And we're supposed to accept that as, like, brilliant value, when really it's, oh, he's locked in his cards. That either means he's bluffing, or he has a winning hand. And I'm like, yes, yes, Han, those are the two options. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have, like, spaghetti under the cards. He, he, although that would be great. <laughs> Flip up and just like, spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> I would never have predicted that. My God. You are truly a Sabak legend. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Han does the one thing he can do in these situations, which is randomly predict. He just looks at his, I almost kind of like this at the beginning for, I, I, mo- I moved past the, ah, he either has a winning hand or he doesn't. Well, I mean, at least with the way he locked in the cards, he was like, oh, it's, he either has the winning hand, like the best you can get, mm-hmm. or he's just full of shit. Yeah. It's like if you've been playing hearts for a few minutes and one guy keeps taking all the hearts and you're like, that guy's either trying to shoot the moon, or he's a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, howdy, having played a bunch of hearts, there are times where you're just a dumbass. Ah, <laughs> uh, shooting the moon. by Well, actually, there is. have you ever played it with a variant rule where if you hit 100, you go back to zero? No. That is, if you hit exactly 100, you go back to zero. So you keep trying to shoot the moon minus one. <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, so, yeah, he's like, ah, I'll put in my bluff. And then there's like 11 other people at the table. Omad Keg is one of them. And he's like, ah, I'll see your bluff, Lando and Han. And he pushes in some money. He's like, I'm going to raise it. I've been waiting for you to do this. In I'm fact, like, you're selling that bluff a little hard, yeah. my dude. And Han's just betting based on whether his clock face is showing odd or even on the second hand. Uh, because he's like, there's no way to play against Lando except for completely randomly. So, that's oh, yeah, I'm- he's like, look, I know he either has this or he doesn't and i'm just gonna go 50 50 on whether i think he does or not and this is the part where the chapter lost me a little bit because it was like han when he first decides whether or not he's gonna match lando he looks at his second his watch sees that the second hand is uneven and goes i'll call 
and matches the money, right? And then after the hand is over and Han reveals that not only is he a master at guessing whether or not Lando is bluffing, but also he had a winning hand, so it didn't fucking matter. We're just we're just whacking off for no reason here. Well, I mean, even then, if he had the idiot's array, he would beat his positive Sabacc. I mean, I guess, but the thing is, Han also won on three cards. So his whole thing where he's like, only three cards, you no, say? No, he had more. I thought he specifically had... He had four. Four? Okay, that's yeah. fine. Uh, in any event... That, that, after that, I was like, okay, that's kind of neat. Let's move on. We can't move on. It's a Star Wars novel. We need to over-explain the thing. So then Han has to think to himself, hmm, this makes me look very good. But the truth is, I was only betting randomly. Had my second hand been on an odd second, I would have lost this hand because I would have chosen to accept that Lando was bluffing and fold at that time. And I'm like, yeah, duh. That's very, very implied. You could have left that. It just Han looked at his watch and moved on, and it would have made him ten times cooler. Uh, what is he, Speed Racer? <laughs> oh. <laughs> For you understand, if I am to win the game of cards, I need to bet exactly correctly, but I cannot bet exactly correctly because Lando is an extraordinarily master bluffer. Oh. That is why I shall use a random determinating factor to see whether or not I can win at a random chance. Oh. <laughs> Speed, you must not compete in the tournament. <laughs> But father, I have to, for my brother did it one time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we get a lot of gambling nonsense that just can't can't he have just won with like a oh he had a decent hand he no. didn't just always have the best hand you can get. No, everyone's royal flushes or nothing. That's that's Sabak in Star Wars. I mean, honestly, that's just gambling in media as oh, it's well. True. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're playing some sort of game. At the end, you're like. Well, it seems I have a royal flush. And you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. The one I always think about the most is the first of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies where he has to play Texas Hold'em. Uh-huh. And he's not even there to win at cards. He's just there to, like, gather information. But he keeps being like, mm-hmm, full house. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to win right now. I don't need to see how good you are at cards. Just, <laughs> just be a good spy. <laughs> so... In any event, yeah, it, none of it matters. Han wins the pot. Uh, Omad's like, wow, you just took all my money away. That's rich for my blood. And then here comes so, a woman who's like, I'll take his seat. And we have to get a description of how she has like Chun-Li Chun style muscle thighs. Uh, and a <laughs> She got the muscle thighs. And, and a halt. Yeah, she got them nutcracker. fur. Yeah. <laughs> she got them big rippy thighs and uh, shoulders that could that could kill a man, apparently wearing some kind of halter top, and it takes Han a second, but then when he finally looks at her face, he's like, oh shit, I actually know this woman. That's Mirda Gev, the granddaughter of Boba Fett. Yeah, you know, I was expecting to meet whoever this dead guy's, uh, like, contact was with the Crefts. I was not expecting you. Yeah, so it turns out their plan, and we get a little bit of mention of this throughout the course of this card game, is, yeah, it's obvious that, that, uh, dead boyfriend never went to this casino. He liked cheap casinos. But we're here because Han and Lando are far too famous to go play in cheap casinos. And also they're like, look, there is a 0% chance that the contact does not know we are here. Mm-hmm. And because this is a nice, snooty casino, it doesn't just have like a billion rough-and-tumble mercenaries with guns in here, even, so there's less security. There's also mention made of the fact that this casino has an ultra-state-of-the-art weapons detection system. Like, as they're walking in, they're like, Lando and Han appreciate that this casino has an extremely state-of-the-art weapons detection system. That means they're less likely to be shot by random mercenaries. And my first thought when I read it was, oh, I wonder how many people are smuggling in weapons. And like, the answer is, everyone, they are. Every single person, everyone has weapons. 
because they're like, oh, yeah, it's super high detection system. Anyway, we smuggled two lightsabers in. And I'm like, then what the f- you know that you can smuggle weapons in then. <laughs> no, you don't understand. We put them in, in scan proof sleeves. Well, those exist. Then how high tech is this weapon detection system? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because at the table next to them. Luke and Leia are there, dressed as a Deveronian and a Twi'lek. Which, by the way, not cool. <laughs> That's appropriation. Yeah, don't do that It's shit. a culture, not a costume. Yeah. There's not as many Deveronians. Humans clearly rule the entire galaxy all the time, no matter who's in charge. So let's not dress up like the Deveronians. That's a marginalized species. Uh, but- I mean, it's actually true. The Empire decimated their people. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, they decimated a lot of people. Including Ryloth, where all the Twi'leks live. This is, this is not cool, Luke and Leia. So Leia has both of the lightsabers in her Liku and is using the force to make them twitch like they are alive. I'm surprised she didn't just use high-tech li- fake Likus. Nah. Just, just She's getting the way. chance to use her force powers. Mm-hmm. I, and you got to assume that when they're scanning people on their way in, they all, they do the same thing that Leia did when she scanned, uh, what's her name, Guri, all those years ago. I mean, that was many like, years ago. That was like 40 years ago. and it, it, Actually, it's... Closer to fifty years ago in this timeline, which means that uh, which means that that technology has advanced since then. So when she's like, "Oh, they're probably setting up weapon scanners," maybe they're also setting up bio scanners. And so as they walk through, they're like, "This is two humans dressed as aliens." Gosh, <laughs> they just walk through the scanner, and the guy sitting there who's like taking their keys and cell phone just looks Luke in the face. That's racist, and then hands him his stuff. You know, he's like a Deveronian guy too. Yeah, he's just like. Come I'm on, disappointed. Man. Come on, man. Be better. <laughs> <laughs> According to my bioscan, you're Luke Skywalker, famous Jedi. Do better. <laughs> you have an obligation. <laughs> look, my kids looked up to you. <laughs> here's a wet wipe. Let me show you where the bathroom is. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Get that Kool-Aid off your face. Before someone sees this and ruins your political <laughs> career. Anyway, yeah, the two of them are fake species hiding out at another nearby table, having fun playing Sabacc, but they're using the Force to monitor the situation. Yes. So as soon as Myrda sits down, Han is like, ah, shit, the only people rich enough in this quadrant to have hired you are the Krefs, which means which means we're made. Yeah. Uh, so his, his mind starts spinning, trying to figure out what the heck is happening exactly, like how much do the Krefs know? Do they know all the plan or just part of the plan? Probably all the plan, because the Kalumi are so intelligent. And there is two of them! Well, yeah, and he's he's like, if they already had her in a getup like this, and he's looking around and, like, there's all of these obvious Mandalorians mm-hmm. in, like, oh, that was Blue weird, Star right? getup. Yeah, he was like, huh, you know, when you look closely, a lot of these Blue Star casino security don't appear to be wearing blue tabards. They're wearing blue tunics. Mandalorians. <laughs> like, well, no, it's it's that they're so big. I know, it all, looks like that. Also, apparently, Mandalorians in this this version of Mandalorians are basically like cheap Russian muscle, where they can't for for whatever reason they can't seem to afford suits that are the right size. Yeah, well, I assumed there was like what happened. Oh, they just got in there and, and went to Blue Star's area and went. Hey, give me a jacket. Well, I need to get in here. I mean, we do establish pretty early on that it's that the Krefs have straight up just bought this casino. Yes. Uh, they, they don't get to know that directly, but but uh, the, the moment that Han spots security changeover, he's like, wait a minute. Hey, uh, hey, dealer, who owns this casino? And- oh, I'm sorry. The owners have recently told us not to talk about ownership. Yes. Now, the, uh, the, the dealer is a Duro, 
uh, who is described routinely as being smirky and kind of droll about all this, because I guess he's just used to seeing crazy shit at his high roller table. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Han he's like, been- I, I work at the, you know, James Bond casino. Obviously, everyone here is a spy. <laughs> I'm used to this shit. Yeah, yeah, sir. I know you want your martini hyper shaken, not force stirred. Oh. Everyone ordered the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> But three olives. I require three olives, uh, one of which will not be a hidden camera. Yes, uh-huh. very yeah, very Yeah, yeah, very. <laughs> Space spies. We get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all very clever. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, uh, Han is just trying to figure out. He's like, oh, my God, a security change. Who owns the place? And luckily, he's been tipping this Duro guy so well that he's, like, even telling me recently is a tip for the Duro. So thank you, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and, and at this point, we begin a little bit of verbal sparring between Myrta and, uh, and Han, where she, where she's like, well, I guess I'll buy in and play this stupid version of Sabak you guys are playing, which is called Riftwalker Sabak. Yeah. We don't get, thankfully, I'm going to go ahead and say thankfully in the book's defense, we do not get a full-on description of whatever the fuck Riftwalker Sabak is. Yeah, I thought that, there was going to be mm-hmm. some sort of thing where they're like, and the difference between these two <laughs> games is... Lando pulling down a chart. Now, oh, if oh, you look at here... Oh, I'm sorry. This is the one to explain to Leia what thermal detonators are. Oh, I still keep it every time I need... I mean, sure, that was 50 years ago, but I still think she doesn't know. <laughs> Uh, so, Riftwalker's Sabak features the following 15 changes from regular Sabak. But no, to the book's credit, does not happen. Uh, but all we know is that Myrda doesn't like playing it. Yeah. And and uh, I forget what, what she says, where, she, where, where he looks at her and, he, and he's like, I, I, don't, I don't approve of you being here. And she's like, what? Don't you like halter top dresses? And he's like, no, your dress is fine. I don't approve of your bosses. Obviously the crefts. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and they, they spar back and forth for a while, and we reveal... One of the sub-plans, which is that Lando whispers to Mir to give an offer to Kratheus of the of the Kreft brothers specifically. Yeah. Like, the whole plan is to try to drive a wedge between the two of them, and he's like, look, tell Kratheus that I'm willing to deal with him and him alone. If he wants to go in on this, I will, like, 50-50 split all of my shit with him, we can run the rift together, but I'm not willing to work with Marvid. Yeah. And if you do bring Marvid in, then I'll bring in the uh, the Republic. We'll bring the Republic in here, and that will fuck your shit up for sure. He's but- like, yeah, because if I bring the Republic in here, then all of a sudden, the em- new Empire guys and the like, corporate, corporate sector. sector, they're all going to want to move in here as well. I mean, I can't, I can't talk about it. It's a real shame that the corporate sector only shows up in those old, old, old Han Solo books. Because it's basically, the story is, they weren't getting along with the New Republic especially well, were the companies, because the companies were refusing, basically like American companies, they're like, we want never to pay taxes and to treat humans like parking spaces. And uh, the New Republic's response was fine, but you have to do it in your own sector. And so apparently every business in the galaxy went off to the corporate sector to become the business part of the galaxy. Yeah, this is business space. <laughs> That's where they do space business. It's space, yeah, it's, it's where... Uh, <laughs> where Princess, uh, what's her face's boyfriend has to go? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, what's this? Goddamn, what's that guy go by when he's a human? Uh, 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 Vincent Adultman. There we go. Vincent Adultman. I, I was in the corporate sector doing a business. <laughs> I was at my transactions office. Yep, checks out. <laughs> uh, so, but the whole crowd apparently is listening to all of this. They're surrounded by a whole bunch of onlookers, and and uh, the, the whole crowd's like, oh. When he's like, I'll bring in 
the corporate sector and the New Republic, and it'll ruin mining for everyone here. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm a desperate man, and here's the deal. Either I get what I want with this deal with Kratheus, or I just fuck this sector over. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Myrda listens to this for a while, she she hears the note, and then finally she's like, you know what, honestly, I'm going to let Lu- or, uh, Han tell him themselves, himself, because there's a million credit bounty out on Han, alive, from the Kreth brothers, so you're coming with me. That's why I'm here, yeah. obviously. I'm sure you've already noticed all the Mandalorians everywhere, so let's get this over with. Now, <laughs> sometime before this, Dina Yuss is with them. Oh, right, Dina's also at the table. And... Han has also come around to the point where he's like, obviously, Dina's a fucking spy. No shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know both of the Force users have been like, ooh, there's something we don't like about her. But I also have just, you know, been around her long enough to go, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. No, you're weird. You're not quite a spy, but there's something real weird going on with you. And every time anyone tells Lando, he's like, nah, she's fine. Come on, guys. Uh, but at one point, someone comes up and is like, excuse me, miss, you left your bag in the restroom or whatever. And she's like, what? Oh, oh, yes, of course. And is just very blatantly like, oh, yes, my, this is my bag. And Han's like, no, you came in here with a little tiny bag. So this is, this is some bullshit. Well, wait, okay, hold on. You, Dina, what's your fucking deal? Like, he's, uh, he's very suspicious of her. But eventually, Mirda's like, look. I'm going to press the issue on this one. Han, you're coming with me. Obviously, I have a blaster. And I, I kind of am willing to f- f- expect that she has a blaster because the Krefs the own, own the place. casino. But everyone else also has a blaster. So here we go. No, they don't. No, that's it's true. Omad doesn't. He takes a blaster away from one of the Mandos. Yeah, because they're going to take him away. And Han's like, it's okay. He does a little signal to Lando because mm-hmm. Lando's like, if you fucking touch Han, I will destroy your shit. Yeah, his his speech is pretty great. He's like, look, if you take Han, every Jedi in the galaxy is going to be after you. And as also- well as every single war robot that myself and my wife can produce. Mm-hmm. And it will never stop. And she's like, honestly, that's not even remotely my problem, because once I deliver you to the Krefs, I'm just going to leave. You can go fuck up the Krefs all you want. I don't care. And so eventually Han's just like, no, it's cool. We're going to... Quick change in the plan. Mm-hmm. He just makes a symbol, a signal to uh, Lando. He makes a signal where he like brushes his hair that tells Luke and Leia that it's fine. Mm-hmm. He's going with them. And it doesn't but really. Omad Keg does not give a fuck. Well, he doesn't get the signals especially oh, well. Like he... Han looks directly at him and shakes his head no. Yeah. And Omad's like, that's the signal to keep <laughs> doing what don't, I'm doing. Don't do anything. Loud and clear, buddy. Don't I... stop doing what I'm doing. Gotcha. <laughs> Stop it. Do not help me. <laughs> Donuts and help you? You got a deal, pal. Huh. Uh, so Omad starts a ruckus. Yeah, he grabs a blaster, shoots some guys, and this starts just nonsense. Yeah, a, a huge fight starts happening where Han and, weirdly, Luke and uh, and Leia are more or less keeping their cover and just using the Force quietly to fuck with the whole fight. Yeah, they like crouch down and hide with the rest of the people that were at their table Mm -hmm. but they're just you know quietly using the force to fuck up anyone trying to shoot things yeah so omad's you know a one versus eight firefight with a whole bunch of mandos which sounds like a bad situation because mandos are supposed to be like you know galaxy badasses or whatever but in this book they're just dumb chumps oh yeah they're just stormtroopers now 
They're just oh, 40 years after stormtroopers. Here's some stormtroopers. Uh, so they start shooting around. Like, Lando manages to grab a gun off of a dead guy and start shooting, too. Yeah, Han is routine, or repeatedly headbutting Mirta Gev. Yeah. Because she's grabbed him and is choking him, and he's headbutting her over and over again. He's about to black out, and then they both get force-lifted off the ground. Mm-hmm. And eventually, he's like, shit, I need a weapon. And he looks over and sees Dina Yus still, like clutching the bag and Mertz is even like Dina you dumb idiot do something yeah uh, Gev is like Dina open the bag you know you have to open the bag I am ordering you to open the bag and this is when Han finally breaks the pretense with uh with, with Dina Yus not being some sort of enemy plant and he's like just give me the dumb bag you stupid plant he's like you've obviously got I don't know a grenade or a gun or something in there so fucking give it to me so he steals the bag and she's like no and he's like what's what's in there that's so bad she's like a knife (laughs) no (laughs) uh instead it is little glass vials uh that have exploding spiders in them. yeah they're exploding murder spiders that apparently can sense force sensitive people but they they jump out and they're in these little tubies they're in pokeballs basically and when they come out they they unfold into full-size spiders and like the first one is running on Han's arm, and he just flicks it, and it goes near some guy who crushes it with a glass, and then as soon as he crushes it, it explodes. Yeah, some gran it was, who slams like a glass down on top of it because it's gross, and it blows up and obliterates him. And so he's like, oh shit, Lando, shoot that other spider over Lando, there. Lando, I do like the line. He's just like, Lando, spiders, big white spiders. <laughs> Uh, uh, Luke and Leia take one out, and Lando takes out the other one, but they all create huge explosion-y fireballs that kind of knock people off their feet. And when when uh, Han rises, to, uh, you know, opens his eyes, there's Myrda with a gun in his face. And he's like, all right, all right, I'm going with you, jeez. <laughs> Jeezy crazy. She's all bleeding and beat up, and he's all bleeding and beat up. And Well, yeah, because he still is recovering from the explosion. Uh-huh, and that's actually the end of the chapter. Uh, is her just being like, like I said, you're coming with me, and don't make me kill you. You're only worth yeah. half as much dead. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Creep. <sighs> and then shoots him in the penis. <laughs> oh, my penis. Oh, my old penis. Oh, one <laughs> my <thing> I- <laughs> old penis. <laughs> it might be a new one. I mean, one of the things we learned at the very beginning of that chapter is that Han has a, new bra- a brand new eye. Oh, yeah. They had said in one of the other chapters that they, instead of putting a robotic eye, they just took an eye out of, out of someone else, and they're like, here you go. <laughs> yeah, they just stuck a spare eye in him, so he's got a new bio eye. Yeah, so great. Uh, that is the end of chapter nine. Chapter ten is Marvid it's a and Kratheus watching what happens next. Thank God we are finally back to the era of our villains watching a videotape of the action and commenting on it. I it told is- you, man, it's still, it's <laughs> just fucking uh, Shizor split into his two halves. I know, and both of them then ate the uh, the gum that Violet Beauregard got her hands on, so now, <laughs> now they're bloated blue lizards full of juice. Mmm, juice lizards. Brain juice lizards. Instead of, you know, one sexy green lizard with a sex stank. These guys have regular bed sore style stanks. <laughs> so they are looking at a video of uh, Han being dragged along to the aircraft. Yeah. And Savara is there and is like, yeah, you should give me all million credits for this bounty. 
And Kratheus is like, I haven't seen you do shit yet. All I've seen is, uh, like, Han get slapped by Mandos and taken to a ship. What are you talking about? I like how Marvid opens the chapter deep in thought about how security in casinos is great, because there's always video of everything everywhere, and he likes to watch people to see how long it takes them to realize there's security everywhere. He's uh, like, oh, I can tell their intelligence by the span of time between when they know they are being watched and when they stop acting like they're being watched. Yeah. And that's kind of a neat thought, but the question is, were they being watched or were they just being recorded? Because it feels like both Marvin and Gratheus are seeing this footage, which is clearly hours later, for the first time. Yes. And it's kind of a dumb conceit. The whole chapter's conceit is, as they watch the video, uh, they keep revising who should get what portion of the bounty. And it's just like, I thought you guys were mega geniuses. Why didn't you watch this at 10 times speed an hour ago and have this all sorted by the time they got in the room? Well, yeah, given that the last time we saw them, they're like, oh, I run back like a a few seconds of video and look for micro expressions with my hyper brain. I'm like, yeah, you could have just watched this whole fucking thing. What are you doing right now? And the whole thing where they're like, they're like, just keep watching the video. Watch another minute and a half of the video. I'll give you 45 seconds. But honestly, I don't see how you're going to do anything cool. You're just uh, a badass Sith we hired. Yeah, and this also, really more than they had done, sets up the fact that Kratheus is, like, on the side of using Mandalorians and mm-hmm. is just like, this is my thing, that's what I want to do. And uh, Marvid has just a Kalumi brain boner for Savara. Yeah, he has a huge brain boner for Savara, and he's way into the Nargons. Uh, he thinks we can, they can use, Nar- and also he just tries to be the Kalumi one. He's like, I'm going to think a thousand steps ahead. And Kratheus keeps thinking like, it's not that complicated. Just kill everybody with Mandalorians. Uh, Cause Kratheus is kind of a, you know, the, 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 the hostile takeover one. Yeah. Like it really feels like Kratheus is the business one. And Marvin is also there. <laughs> well, I mean, Marvin is supposed to be the business one. Kratheus is supposed to be like the mafia one. But realistically, it doesn't play out like that especially well. No, because Marvid is just constantly angry about everything and an idiot. I think and, you, Do you have them backwards? Kratheus no. is the angry one. No, that's Marvid. All right. Well, Kratheus is certainly the one who is the violent one. Um, so anyway, because it opens on Marvid, just to be clear. I mean, these two guys are more or less identical. The other, the other thing we have to establish here is that the two of them are constantly text messaging each other to their, their eye They're, patch things. Yeah, they've got... You know, robo-bodies, and yeah. so inside the heads-up display, I assume, is just text messages that they are sending each other. Yeah, so we have to deal with multiple layers of the conversation. Anyway, Savara's in there like, yeah, you should give me all the bounty, because watch the video. And so we watch the video, and Myrda drags uh, Solo, and there's a Mando behind her dragging a beat-up Dina Yuss into uh, a hangar bay, where there's a Mandalorian ship waiting for them. Yep. And, uh, and, and instead of continuing to let it go... Kratheus just stops and goes, oh, there we go. See, that's uh, yeah. that's it. That's Mirda Gev. That's not you. I don't understand what you're talking about. And she's like, moron, did you look at the runtime of the video? We've watched a tenth of it. And he's just like, yeah. let it play. <laughs> I assume the rest of it is a football game you recorded this over. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to have like some tearing, and then it's going to go to, I don't know, probably a kid's high school play. <laughs> you're a crook, space captain hook. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Savara just has to keep being like, come on, Kratheus, for the love of God, just let the goddamn thing play. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Luke and Leia show up. Now they're still in costume. So, uh, Savara is like, oh, 
someone, I think it might be Marvin, is like, oh, look at that. It's a jet. Two Jedi have shown up, and they're a Deveronian and a Twi'lek. Oh, that sucks. And they're super badass, and they're just flinging blaster bolts everywhere, and they immediately disabled half the Mandos. Yeah, because they're like, oh, fuck, more Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't already have enough of a pain in the ass. Now more Jedi are here. How did they get lightsabers? And and she's like, oh, uh, that's a fake... Twi'lek, she's, she's got... Uh, they smuggled them in the uh, Liku. Yeah, she has scan-proof pouches in the Liku. And they're like, scan-proof pouches? That technology shouldn't exist. <laughs> That's That sounds like some made-up bullshit. <laughs> what about our super-complicated weapon scanners? Defeated by Ziploc bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were eight ounces or less, so they were allowed <laughs> to take them. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to bring in a liquid lightsaber. <laughs> Or a lightsaber that doubles as a shoe. <laughs> uh, so, yes, they are having this back and forth where they keep getting like, and now I'll pause again. Mm-hmm. Please stop pausing. And it's just this. I, I mean, I understand that it's basically the conceit of the chapter is the ongoing total of who will make what money. It's not as interesting as I think they were hoping for. It's no, because. You know, you're you're in there, and Savara's like, I should get the full million. Yeah. And they're like, but even if you did step in, Gev did most of the shit here. Yeah, and Marvid is, like, sending a text message to Kratheus that's like, hey, we should just give her two million credits and call it a day. Because she killed the uh, Lul, the guy oh, that we saw from right. the Senate. We forgot to mention that. During the first chapter we read today, one of the... the drops that Mirta Gev has ready for uh, for Han and Lando is they're threatening like, oh, we'll bring in Luel Wood or whatever his name is, and he'll just fuck up the sector. And she's like, oh, haven't you heard? He died. Mysteriously. Mm. It's too bad that, that uh, Luke didn't go with him to learn about war and culture among the, the whatever those guys are. Uh, <laughs> the flat-faced ones. The, the Sanduskies. The, the, the Sandusky Ohioans. Uh... uh. Solistons. Solistons, yeah, the Solistons. Uh, no, his ship exploded suddenly, and it could have been engine failure, and it could have been assassination, but I can tell you that it wasn't Mandos. We're mercenaries, not assassins. And I'm like, wait, don't you kill for money? Like, yeah, and the thing is, Han immediately is like, what's the difference? What's, literally, what's the difference? It feels like the only difference is that you're willing to do more different projects. Yeah, you don't just kill for money <laughs> is the difference here. <laughs> That's like saying, we're rectangles. Not squares. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, Murta's being like, look, I got him. I lost a shitload of personnel trying to get him and fighting these people off. Don't you dare give a single credit of my money to that fucking 19-year-old asshole. And I keep expecting one of the the Kreft brothers to ask the other one, wait, aren't we quadrillionaires? Why are we bickering about this? <laughs> yeah. I mean... We could just go, yeah, sure, you both get a million. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? There is there is almost, a, like when I said Marvin text messages his brother, it's like, let's just give her two million and call it a fucking day. Who cares? And and Kratheus is like, fuck no. I'm not giving anyone any credit unless they did the thing. And, and Marvin ha- pauses for a second and thinks to himself, like, wait, we're rich as fuck. Why don't we, what does he care? Kratheus doesn't give a shit about money. He only cares about power. What is this coming from? The <laughs> and the answer is that he's basically the Scrooge of the two, where Marvid is the one who has a crush on this Sith. Well, yeah, because Marvid's like, I just want to keep her happy. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't care if you want to keep her happy. Keep the boner in your head, my dude. <laughs> you can give her two million credits if you want, Marvid. She's not going to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's when 
it comes up that like, oh, uh, look, I I got to go take care of this mess you had. Because if you play farther into the video, you'll see that uh, Luke and Leia end up nabbing some of the Mandos at the end. Yeah, well, notably, she's like, look, first of all, that's not some Devereux and some Twi'lek. That's Luke and Leia Skywalker. So already, Myrdagev has fucked you royally because she didn't kill them then, and you only get one shot at the king. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't say it that way. She's like, you get one chance to kill Luke Skywalker. He's already, he's still alive, and he's still after us. This is a bad situation. Yeah. And uh, they're like, I did not know that was Luke Skywalker. And I'm like, how did you not know that? I thought you were like masters of micro expression. Yeah. And they're like, well, we just thought that was a Deveronian. We didn't look especially deep. (laughs) Uh, He was doing that Deveronian shuck and jive. I assumed it was a Deveronian. Now, if you'll please excuse me, I'm a giant racist. (laughs) Oh, shit. Is he pulling a Rachel Deveronazole? (laughs) So. That took a second. Uh. So, yes, they're like, look, they captured some of these Mandos, which means they're going to interrogate them, and they're going to be using the Force to interrogate them. Now, this them. immediately activates Kratheus. He's like, oh, fuck. Did they have any pilots? Were there any pilots left alive? Because if they know how to get to where we are and where we are and what's going on, that is going to fuck us. By the way, they are on the asteroid crusher. Uh, I think it's called the Ormi, and they are floating in a sector of space somewhere. Uh, I don't know what an asteroid crusher is, and it's nice that I don't have to. I assume it crushes asteroids. Yeah. Uh, so it's apparently just some it's sort of It's a verfer. It verfs flamen. <laughs> or it errs vermin farfs. <laughs> vermin farfs? <laughs> Two of farfs. Two so, farfs that farf as one. Oh, that's gross now. <laughs> so, uh, so, yes. And Murda's like, uh, no, obviously I wouldn't take anyone that had any information with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, you can tell she's not sure, or at least Marvid can tell she's not sure. So Savara's like, look, you got to send me on a mission back there to deal with this. And immediately, Kratheus is like, yeah, okay. Savara, here's your job. Go out there and basically rescue Myrdagev's personnel, all right? She's like, no, nah, I'm just going to go murder him. Rescue them, he does with little tiny stubby fingers because he's floating. Uh, and, and he's like, or kill them before they have a chance to interrogate them and Mirda's like whoa those are my people I'll go get them and Savara's like no I'm gonna clean up your mess the whole reason they're here wasn't to strike a deal what do you think they were here for and that makes Marvid immediately be like the fuck did you just say about did a you deal? Just say deal? The fuck are you talking about? It turns out, and, and uh, Mirda's defensive she's like whoa hey that message was for Kratheus. I don't get into the middle of politics and she's like okay one, you're an idiot. The whole point of the message was to drive a wedge between them, and you are helping him. Yeah, and that's that's immediately what Savara points out. She's like, you dumb idiot. Here's the thing. They wanted to drive a wedge between them, and by uh, by assisting them in that, you've created a wedge on two levels. And Marvin's like, the fuck is going on? Just tell me what's going on. And then they He mo- starts powering up weapons, and he's like... I will blast a motherfucker unless you tell me what this deal is. Yeah, so he's got one of his power guns leveled at Myrda's face, and he's texting furiously at Kratheus, and Kratheus is like, yeah, that, she didn't tell, or I didn't tell you because there's nothing to tell. Yeah, there was a deal that he was like, oh, yeah, he, I very clearly, when hearing it, was like, oh, that's just Lando trying to drive a wedge. Okay, great. Yeah. And didn't mention it, and fucking Marvid's like, well, why didn't you mention it? Is it are you going to sell me out? Well, fuck you, it worked. Now there's a wedge between us. I and love that the super geniuses are like, 
oh, this is... And even Marvin is like, yes, obviously, this was just a plan to drive a wedge. However, it worked! I'm gonna let his plan work! And you're like, how are you this dumb? Yeah, Amirna really fucked the pooch if she didn't realize how dumb her super smart bosses are. Because, I mean, this is the same thing that happens with Shizor, where he's like, yes, I'm a master of 12-dimensional mind chess. And then someone's like, hey, man, your face looks like a butt. And he's like, zounds, I am undone. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) My careful plans have been ruined by face butt. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely like someone just went, hey, I bet you're not cool enough to go to this warehouse by yourself. Oh, fuck you, I'm cool enough. I'll show you how cool I am. I'm the coolest of dudes. And so, (laughs) Kraithi is just like, my dude, chill your tits. We are, we're fine. Don't worry about it. I would never betray you. My whole plan here is to take the, and he's like, no, wait. But the fact that you didn't tell me means that you did think about it. You seek power. You want the entire sector for yourself. And he's like, yeah, of course I thought about it. I'm a Kalumi, I think about everything. Yeah, and, and the fact that we're talking about this should be enough for you to be real, to be realize that nothing was happening. And I move fast, Mar- Marvin, and I did not move. And Marvin is an idiot, and is still hung up on this, has like a blaster leveled at Gev, has a blaster leveled at Kratheus, and <laughs> Savara force slaps him, and is like, dumbass, get your shit together. Yeah, and he's like, huh? Oh. Well, if my uh, waifu thinks I should calm down. Oh, yeah. Well, I just got slapped by the sexy lady. Hold Ooh. me back. Hold me back, Sith. <laughs> God. And you better it, hope she does. She hold me back. It is up to Savar to go. Jesus Christ. OK, please rewind the tape a little bit. I will show you why you two idiots need to worry about something way more than you need to worry about this. Yeah. So they rewind the tape and they show the ship getting ready to leave when a little tiny gray disc looking like a UFO goes flying through the, the, the area and attaches itself uh, to the back of the escaping uh, Mando, Mando, ship. Mando ship. And they're like, well, what, what on earth could that be? What is this? And she's like, uh, you dickheads, that's a Jedi tracking beacon. Yeah, I just love that the Kalumi who notice everything were like, oh, I totally didn't notice when we were watching this before that a definite tracking beacon slapped onto the bottom of the ship. Why would a Deveronian Jedi have a Jedi <laughs> tracking beacon? <laughs> morons <laughs> yeah i'm surrounded by assholes <laughs> this entire chapter does nothing for the crefts <laughs> i mean Kratheus comes out looking okay although realistically Kratheus should have been like hey man let me put uh, let me put marvin in this group chat real quick <laughs> <laughs> well yeah the second that uh he got the whole like oh lando had a message for you it was this he should have known being a kalumi he would have been like uh, okay, hey Marvin, I just got a deal from him. He's trying to fuck us over. He should have stopped her at, "Hey man, uh, Lando has a deal for you," and he'd be like, "Just me?" Oh, yeah, well, that's obviously a ploy. Don't yeah. even bother. Don't tell me a thing, and let me get Cra- uh, uh, Marvin in here. Yeah, but, but no. the truth is that he was willing to consider the deal. He just didn't see the value of it compared to the current situation he has with Marvin. My guess is he's more or less concerned that or, or convinced that Marvin would be a lot easier to take out later. Than uh, well, than Lando was. I mean, I also think he's looking at it like, eh, I I have more ability to know and trust uh, Marvid than I do Lando. Lando's deal almost assuredly is some bullshit mm-hmm. and a ploy. 
I already have a deal that isn't bullshit with my brother, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, granted, the deal is definitely bullshit. And the moment we've taken over this this neighborhood, I'm going to kill him, or he's going to kill me. There's no way that's not bo- both of our plans. Well, yeah, Marvin has a rage boner all the time, and is just like, I'm the angriest, horniest little man ever, mm-hmm. and I just want to shoot people and touch a Sith. <laughs> so far, I must apologize for my busy hands. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Marvin, get out of here. <laughs> well, okay. I have a few more Sith interview on the casting couch. Oh, you gross monster. Yeah. Kratheus at least keeps his shit more or less together. Which is good because we focus on Marvin almost entirely and he's the worst one. So it's <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time his emotions are just like. Yeah. Uh, so th- this, though, does wonder make me wonder why they didn't get more pissed off at uh, Savara Rain right away, where she's like, you know how we've just spent the past 20 minutes discussing our evil plans for each other and who should get some money and so oh, yeah. on? You know how I've just been arguing for who knows how long about the extra dollars that I should get out of you mm-hmm. uh, and telling you to watch the video over and over again when at any point I could have I just-, just started this conversation with the ship was tracked. <laughs> Instead, she was like, no, instead, I, I made you watch the video, then ma- watch the video again, then argue with you about money, then made you watch the video again, and then finally I was like, look, that's a Jedi tracking beacon. They have about, oh, we have about a 20-minute head start on them, and it's been about 30 minutes. So, <laughs> I'll take that million for being so competent now. Yeah, and, it, and everyone's just like, oh, fuck, instead of like, hey, you should have told us that first. Yeah, there is no point where then Marvin goes, oh, come on. <laughs> or, or at least Myrda being like, ah, oh, fuck, we got tracked. How come we didn't say anything? Yeah, no, it's just, oh, yeah, hey, now that we've been dicking around for a while, I have buried the lead as deep as possible. <laughs> this should have been the first. Let's, let's revise how we have meetings. In fact, let's go ahead and take a moment to do that now. I call a meeting about how we have meetings. <laughs> You know we're still tracked. Yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes. Fine. We just won't let them in. We'll just tell them we're. We'll just tell them we're having a meeting. Sorry, uh, we're all asleep here. Uh, we're doing a tiger team. Uh, come, come back in a little while after we've synergized. We're having, we're having a power meeting in here. Everyone getting real good and and buzzwordy. It's a sack lunch meeting. We're going to work through lunch. <laughs> I shall be having whatever my gross lizard brain species eats. Yeah, the uh... probably honey. Fucking man, this craft chapter was just, it was rough. I, I'm honestly kind of happy to be back with the horny idiots as the villains of Star Wars. Yes. It's been a while, and it feels good to get back to it. Feel, it feels good to have a villain that's like, oh, you bought your own hype. That's your entire thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not saying I miss Shizor, because Shizor was unpleasantly like rapey. That was not fun to read. No. But the other parts of him where he was just like a dull-witted idiot who was completely puffed up on his own farts, was, yes. <laughs> was that part was great. Uh-huh. And, and it's nice to see that again. After so many villains who are at least relatively competent, I mean medium competent, hey. granted a lot of them aren't. I mean, Seti Ashgad's whole plan was to hope that everyone was completely stupid and hang around with a hut that could kill him at any moment. Oh yeah, well, also you've got... What's his nuts from Crystal Star, whose uh, entire plan was, I hope this monster doesn't eat me, yeah. even though it obviously wants to. Yes, Hethrier's whole plan was was uh, 
Well, Hethrier's entire plan could be summed up as that, that uh, I didn't think the leopards would eat my face, Yeah, says woman who voted for leopards eating faces party. Yeah. Uh, he, is, he is that guy. <laughs> dumber and dumber. And I'm so glad to be back with these fart huffers, the, the Kreff brothers. Yay. <laughs> So there you go. Those are the chapters for the week. Yeah, that's what's going on. Uh, at least this time we're finally done with... Actually, I'm still not sure if we're done with Han's plan. I, I don't cause, know. Because throughout, throughout the first chapter, Han keeps going like, oh, wait, this wasn't my plan. But I, we'll improvise. Yeah, we'll improvise. Hold on. The one thing about being really old is that you know how to get back on your feet after a plan doesn't go the way you want. Also, you can get coffee at McDonald's for 55 cents. <laughs> well, yeah, his whole thing was like, I've worked with these people for so long that they know any little signal i give they know that if something Mm -hmm. starts going bad we know how each other think and that we'll improvise from there Mm -hmm. and it's omad keg that fucks everything up because he hasn't worked with us but then by the end you're like wait a minute but the tracking beacon thing was probably the whole plan right like the whole i mean yeah but han being taken he is still technically taken prisoner i don't think that was part that part is not part of the plan uh, but every time he was like, wait a minute, the, the crafts weren't supposed to know we were here. That's not the plan. And I'm like, no, it clearly was if you wanted to throw a tracking beacon at their spaceship. Well, I mean, wanted to throw a tracking beacon at whoever the contact was. Yeah, fair enough. So anyway, we look, we can now look forward to seeing what happens next. Indeed. Oh, and we do know that, uh, Dina Yus and Han Solo are still alive and they have been captured by the crafts and are on the asteroid crusher or me or whatever. Yeah. So that's where everyone is at the beginning of the setup for the next chapter. Uh, Han, I'm sorry, Luke and Leia, of course, are fiendishly busy scrubbing off their shame. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that'll be that. Yeah. So uh, if you want a little bit more, you're not quite satisfied. Mm-hmm. We do have some bonus content. Yay. I'm sorry, John. I'm going to let you handle this because I'm noting now at this point that the small drink I had before we started <laughs> is working and I do not want to drunk my way through the... the uh, Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm fucking wasted. I don't think I am. I just think I'm tipsy and it's messing up my flow, which oh, already no. wasn't good flow. Yeah, if you any- already don't have amazing flow. Yeah. If anyone was to offer one of us a deal to drive a wedge in, they'd be offering it to you because <laughs> I'm the dumb horny one. <laughs> Uh, and I'm the one that just wants Mandalorians. <laughs> and power. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can head over to patreon.com slash system mastery. And we've got all of our bonus content there. At the $2 level, you unlock everything for this show as well as our system mastery show. Mm-hmm. And you can bump up from there. You can go to the $5 level, get our monthly content that we get, mm-hmm. open up locked places on the discord yeah you can open up our secret places Ooh, you can get up into my places i don't let anyone else get into (laughs) the sun does not shine on the afterthought chat room (laughs) no we're we're in dark mode (laughs) uh yeah so there's there's all kinds of benefits to be achieved by going into the five dollar level uh most notably our creme de la creme of shows the afterthought podcast which is only available on patreon for five dollar donors but for now, why not stick around at the $2 level and get the bonus Star Wars content where we will go to Wikipedia, find fun stories about Star Wars, and tell them to each other and to you. Hell yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can only do canned responses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You like such as. <laughs> so yes, indeed. We will be back next week with more of this and every other show we make. 
That's right. So until such time as that, I've been Elan Sleazebogiano. And I've got the best hand in Sabacc!